Oh, welcome, folks. Welcome, welcome to In the Company of Trees. My name, of course, is Toby Mitnick, and I'm a Jew who loves trees. Boy, I am excited today for our interview show today because we are talking to, honestly, one of the best to do the game. One of the best to ever do the game, Justin Davies, a.k.a. the man who makes states out of wood. Yes, I'm being a little facetious here because there are few people in this world I love more than Justin. He and I became friends, um, I would say, in early 2022. Early 2022, we began our digital affair, and we consummated it as twere. At the end of 2022, when we both visited the Bristlecone Pines together, um, and we sought out Methuselah, the oldest tree in the world, together. It was awesome. Since then, we've maintained a friendship both online and offline. Um, use your imaginations, but also don't. Um, it's actually it's pretty boring. It's mostly just a couple of guys who really like trees uh, going on really uh, elevated in, in terms of like feet hikes and not being able to stop jibber-jabbering for like three hours at a time. Um, but this is the kind of friendship I prefer. So it, I'm, I'm really lucky that Justin came into my life. He is a, a quite a famous person on the TikTok. He has like a bajillion followers. I think it's up to a bajillion and a half. And um, he just constantly is making beautiful kinds of like awesome creative stuff. He's making things that bridge the gap between trees and food that exist and also walking over the bridges that already exist between those gaps in new and interesting ways sometimes with a variety of funny walks is one of my favorite things about justin he's a great sense of humor about himself um and you'll be able to hear me uh give justin a certain amount of shit um which i think is one of the best features of our relationship and uh we're just kind of friends and trees together he's uh i'm i'm uh i'm a lucky guy and it was so nice to speak with him for this podcast and um you'll hear that we like to make jokes and we also like to talk about trees a lot so here's me and justin i hope you really enjoy oh wait 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 wait. sorry i forgot the tree prayer okay here we go with the tree prayer and then we'll do justin to me in the company of trees i feel whole in the company of trees i feel home with them i am tinglier with them i am manglier i Raise my cup of water and pour it at your roots so you can drink your health all the way out through your shoots. May you grow your fill and help me to grow mine. Thank you, trees. You can just, uh, you know, rap, just, just like rap a little yeah. bit. Just like have some Sounds great. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Okay, on, what's my podcast called? On In the Company of Trees today, we have, let me read his bio here. Justin Davies is a senior member member of the Wompley marketing team where he leads analysis and content strategy on the impact of consumer behavior. On where small... are you finding this? I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. That must be an old bio. Uh, sorry. Justin Davies is the product marketing manager at Quizzer. Sorry, oh the goodness. sales enablement manager at Progressive oh. Le- oh, wait, the marketing manager at Insight. Legislative intern at the United States Senate. The- so I got all this off your uh, off your LinkedIn page. Um, Terrible, terrifying. Fe- no reason to like- ever visit that page. I feel like this doesn't give me a good, a, a good profile of who you are at this exact moment. Um, what people say about you, Justin helped us rebrand our entire company he was a great point person, and our new brand has been very well received. Oh, looks like you're proficient in Danish. Um, I, I am fluent in Danish, yeah. Oh, sorry. Fluent in Danish. I take it back. Yeah. Um, okay, now this is your actual intro. Okay. Justin Davies, you... Justin in the trees. Um, do you have any other, like, weird handle, weird handle AKAs I should know about? Not really, no. I mean, when I was first on TikTok, okay, I was JD is Justin for a while, which was just the worst username. I didn't, I didn't join that platform expecting to talk that. about trees for a living. So, so did you ever call yourself a like lot of Justin Time Davies? Yeah, me. No, I was really confused. N- no, no, I never did. Okay, great, cool. Okay, you are a tree nerd, and who I, in whom I have found an incredibly geeky relationship and friendship. You, you're a TikTok monster, or you've amassed. A huge following, 
who all want to see you make maps of the world using the trees that grow in those parts of the world in every state. You're very, very famous for the state tree map where every state is. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> where every state. I'm laughing at you. You're laughing at our lives. Um, I'm, still, laughing I'm laughing at, at my life. I, I'm, still, an existential I'm still shaken. <laughs> I am still shaken by hearing my LinkedIn profile read back to me. I'm just, you know. I'm... Oh, well, it's not like I have any more to talk about later that I've stashed away <laughs> to hide as Easter eggs. Oh. Um, Justin, you're also a woodworker, and but you're also a tree lover. You're also an exceedingly nice person, which I really enjoy. So I just have one question for you, which is living tree? dead tree you can only keep one i can only keep one. Oh, a living tree of course so i guess you hate all structures or hate wood i love wood i mean if i gotta keep one though i i i keep a living tree they they just do a bit more but i i do love a dead tree and here's the here's the thing in classic me fashion what i'm going to do with that living tree uh, since i do like to craft things out of wood is when it self prunes a limb uh, I'll just cut that dead little baby off there and then make something out of that. And, you know, it will continue to provide not only fruit and oxygen and and all the, you know, shade, all the wonderful, wonderful things it provides, but also wood from dead limbs. I love this. Um, yeah. This this process is is this is it proper to describe this process as salvaging? I guess this is kind of like um yeah, you're more like those people who only go on on the diet where you can only eat things that the that the growing thing drops for you. Um, you're like that, but with woodwork. Uh, yeah, I I mean, pretty much. I've yet to cut down a living tree to woodwork with. Uh, oh, wow. you know, not that. I don't know. I don't make things that require that kind of wood. Uh, obviously, all of us do. Uh. I don't know. This is just this is living on the planet Earth. You know, if you've written something down on a piece of paper or lived inside of a home, uh, then yeah, I don't know. It's what a fraught world we live in, Tobin, is I guess the what I'm trying to say here. Yes. On our last sojourn uh, through the mountains of Utah, close to where you live, we were talking we were lamenting about um, the people who are, are literally like, how could you possibly write a book? written on pages yeah um and then a running joke is that uh my publisher rejected my idea of having it printed on tungsten um (laughs) not a lot of people found that funny but we are you know i think um social media brings out a lot of a lot of silly people that don't actually mean what they say a lot of the time they just want to like get your goat so they'll say something like um yeah you know what i mean um and we live in a you know, we're, we're pretty practical guys. Um, I like uh, I like trees, and I also like wood. I like to cut things. I mean, I sorry, <laughs> and I like to cut things down. I don't like to stop. I like to cut down every living thing <laughs> I can find. Um, no, but uh, it. I feel like uh, the first few years on social media, we probably spent a lot of time like committing too much mental energy to people who just want to start a fight with weird tree man who likes to make videos. I, that's exactly it. And now, you know, I, I think it's I think it's fun to not fun, but I, I try to guide those conversations into getting people to think differently about that, because I I, I, I think that that is the problem that you see online. Uh, boy, we're getting deep here quickly, but uh, just, no, we're going to get really stupid. If we get yeah, deep, deep now, it's good because we get together and we get really stupid, which is what I like yeah. about hanging out with you. It's true. It's true. No, but yeah. but yeah, I've gotten so many of those comments where people say, well, hold on a second. You say you love woodworking, yet how dare you uh, craft something out of the the bones of this creature? And and I'm like, well, first and foremost, it's a tree oh, yes. and it's a wonderful plant. And uh, I think they're great and I'm obsessed with them. And one of the wonderful things they provide is wood to craft things out of. And uh, one of the really cool things about nature and this world we live in and and the end trees and nature is that not every tree provides wood that looks the same. We have this kaleidoscope, this just incredible palette to work from where the, the wood from a cherry tree looks entirely different from the wood from a walnut tree or from a pine tree. And, and diving in and exploring that, to me, is not at all mutually exclusive with appreciating the tree in and of itself. Uh, and I, I like trying to get people to think about uh, our relationship with plants and trees a little bit differently, whether that be 
woodworking. I also do a lot of, as you know, I also do a lot of like foraging and baking and and uh, all all sorts. Yeah, of and stuff. you do a lot of uh, you do a lot of sales enablement managing too, right? You're a good sales enablement manager. I was probably one of the worst sales enablement managers that the state of Utah has ever seen. <laughs> You're such a sales enabler, Justin. <laughs> yes. No. Sorry. I I, uh, I I I chose to be cheeky in the middle of a, a what I think is a really great point. It's 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 you know sometimes people, especially the more and more they get into nature, um, have difficulty telling the difference between the implicit value of the tree, you know, a, a tree's value outside of what people confer upon it. Um, yeah. And a, and a tree that has particular value because people put that value upon it. I mean, I think a really perfect example is um, uh, the tree that was just uh, the tree that was just cut down in Great Britain by whoever yeah. cut that tree down. We don't have to speculate about who cut it down. Um, total bummer. Really amazing, beautiful yeah. um, signal yeah. maple um, in Sycamore Gap. And, uh, the, you know, the, the reason that that tree is producing so much, such an outpouring of, of grief and anger is because so many people have um, associated that tree with particular memories in their life. They thought about it a lot. You know, the fact that it appears in Robin Hood prince of thieves notwithstanding it is a uh, a plus tree um but it's a tree that has become a repository for human feeling as opposed and then a lot of people will kind of quote unquote clap back to that argument by saying something like i mean don't people care about the idea that you know hundreds of hundreds of year old trees are cut down every day in the service of like climate capitalism and etc 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 um and the truth is that both of these things can can coexist. You know, we can appreciate the yeah. idea that a tree that's been imbued with a lot of human feeling that acts as a kind of what would you call that? I don't have a good post- podcaster word for what that for what that tree is. I should make one up. Um, that type yeah. of tree, uh, but it is. Um, of course, we should be sensitive to 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 what it means to to deforest the planet. Um, but the truth is that so many of those trees, 99.999% of those trees that are getting cut down, don't have the kind of repository of feeling that this particular tree did. And I think it's worth, um, acknowledging the human suffering and grief that comes along with, uh, the destruction of a landmark and the destruction of a, a thing that holds your, that holds, that holds particular value. Yeah. And I think, I think it's also, uh, helpful to just have complicated feelings about this type of stuff. I think that's, I think there's value in that too. There's value in holding space for feeling, uh, feeling a sense of loss and, and, and a sense of grief toward the loss of a singular tree like that. And also thinking it's really messed up that giant forests are being, uh, are being deforested and that we are, uh, we live in a very consumerist, uh, world right now and that that consumer's world is leading to a whole bunch of imbalance and that you can use and that humankind is meant to have a a use a usury relationship or like a just an interactive relationship with nature and with trees uh we're meant we're not meant to view nature in in my opinion we're not meant to have a relationship with nature that's just i go Nature is a place I go to. I look at it. I don't touch anything. I don't. I just kind of have a very sterile interaction with that, and then I go home back to my house. I do think that we're meant yeah. to, when we're out in I mean, nature, pluck leaves, smell things, gather fruit, gather things, just have a very interactive relationship with it. And I think that this notion that we're only meant to have these kind of bifurcated relationships with the trees, nature around us, is is part of the problem, honestly. Yeah, part of, not apart from, you know. Exactly. It's a, it's a very yeah. simple concept to. It's an it's an easy thing to say and a and a complicated concept to say. Well, this is what that means. Um, yeah. Going yeah. out and respectfully collecting, you know, spruce fir tips, um, and then like uh, comparing which one is the best, like we did on our last sojourn. Um, yeah, it's true. But also, I know it's it freaking great. What those, one out? Those was it the fir tips. Subalpine. It was, yeah, it was the subalpine fir tips. Well, actually, subalpine so fir. they were. They were either subalpine or they could have been white fir. I wasn't. I think. We oh, were, that's right. Yeah, we couldn't quite determine which because I mean it's hard to it's hard to separate those two in that area. There, there's a lot of overlap, hybridization, all yes. that stuff. 
I think they you were still outlined, though. You can, listeners, you can imagine Justin and I holding our heads and just agony, not understanding whether it was a subalpine fur or a white fur tip, uh, just sitting down and crying. Uh huh. It's true. And walking back to and the, then walking back to the truck with our heads heads hanging, and and trying to out fact one another without without uh you know out tree fact one another while still trying to. We do we do vomit like vomit facts at each other yeah, when we're out there. What, what what I appreciate is that it it's was true. kind of your it was your your digs. So you had a lot more tree facts yeah. to give me, so I could kind of uh, chill out for a little while. But I'd never look at it, and I don't think you do either, as like any kind of competition. I think of it as just like uh, a naturally occurring cocaine, which is <laughs> <laughs> now I've never done cocaine, but I imagine that it would be a lot yeah. like that. Um, yeah. just like hyper interests in all that you see, especially for me. And I know for you, when you're above a certain elevation and conifers take over and, um, you can, you can exactly what you said, you can taste things and smell things and everybody, every yeah. experience seems to be heightened. Um, ah, God, where were we at? Seven, eight, 9,000 feet. Pretty special, pretty special elevation. I mean, it really is that, that, that thing around here in my parts where you're, you know, you. Uh, I spent a lot of time. If you on the say the phrase "my parts" ever again, I'm not going to invite you back on this podcast. I can't guarantee that I won't. My parts by Justin Davies. That's, yeah, that's. I cannot guarantee that. Um, it's fine. No. Uh, yeah. Around round here, as the great Adam Duritz once said. <laughs> oh, uh, this going to be a. This is a Counting Crows podcast. Just switched. Sorry. Always uh, <laughs> on my mind. Go ahead. Listen. Uh, so round here, uh, yeah, special <laughs> elevation. Like when you when you get when you get to that, you know, when you're on when you're on a, a south facing aspect of a slope, mm-hmm. and you're you're surrounded by uh, this sun blasted side of the mountain where uh, you're you're among gamble oak and mountain mahoganies, and then you cross over to a north facing aspect, and and just. Su- quite literally from you come around a corner and all of a sudden you're you're you feel like you're in the pacific northwest you're surrounded by all these giant douglas firs and subalpine firs and and uh mosses and you know the understory is just completely different it's 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 magical and that's i don't know that's 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 the kind of stuff that i think was just laying the groundwork for why i'm no longer a uh, sales enablement manager, uh, and instead, I'm a weirdo who talks about trees online for a living. Yeah. Um, okay. So now I want to ask about some of your time at Quizzer. Um, <laughs> so what was the? No, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's uh, finding. Um, you know, starting in. Ooh, I, I have an idea. Let's talk about. Let's talk about your very your very special experience with a very 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 old tree while you were out for a run one day. Um, yeah, your your uh, your your intellectual origin story, uh, as twer. Can you tell me about that? I can absolutely tell you about that. Uh, I uh, so th- this is what got me into trees. Um, as you so eloquently laid out with a run a rundown of my uh, LinkedIn history, I am mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not like an expert. I'm not someone who studied trees in college and who has spent a bunch of time in the field uh, conducting investigations. I'm a person who loves the outdoors and loves nature and has always been really curious uh, and got really, really into trail running um, and started spending a lot of time on trails. And one day while I was out doing a a trail run on a, on a trail, I must have gone down dozens and dozens of times before I was coming up this pretty steep section uh, coming around a, a switchback. And, uh, as I came around the switchback, there was this, this giant, not giant, but there was this good sized gnarled tree right there. As I come around the switchback, it's being, its entire backdrop is the Salt Lake Valley here. It's this beautiful view and, uh, probably partially just for an excuse to stop and and catch my breath. And partially because this tree had got my attention. I stopped. Mm -hmm. I was at, I, I, no, I was actually in great shape then, Tobin. I'm in. I'm out of shape now. I'm out of I shape you're out now. Of shape. Yeah, right. You're out of. <laughs> you're, you're out of shape. Is like oh, I only qualified for Boston by like a minute and a half under the time this year. You're like one of those. P.S. Can you tell that I'm working through my my uh, my Boston 
my Boston grief, I did not get in. So oh, Tobin, I'm so sorry. That's annoying. That's annoying. <laughs> the That's time annoying. this year was like five and a half minutes under the qualifier or something like that. I missed it. Oh, wow. Minutes. Wow. No, I'm so bummed out. Uh, anyway, no, keep going. I'm, ve- I'm Again, very sorry. I interrupted him. Listen, just just come just come just come join me on the trails. You no longer have to be fast if you're if you're doing trail running. Great. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm in. Okay, perfect. Cool. Yeah, so okay. I, th- but this you came tr- up. Th- yeah. I came up, this tree catches my attention. I stop and just like I'm looking at it for the for the first time, like really seeing it. And I do that thing we were just talking about where I get up, I, I walk up and I'm touching, you know, I'm kind of touching its bark and and taking a closer look at its bark and plucking some of its leaves and looking at its leaves and I'm I had this realization of this is a tree, this specific tree and this species of trees as, as well that I've probably encountered, uh, man, uh, just countless times in, in all the time I've spent growing up on these trails. And I'd never yep. really seen it before. It, 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 it As trees in nature so often do, it just kind of faded into the background and the, into the, the tapestry of the, of the wilderness that, that, I, that surrounds my area. And right, yeah. It's it's funny to think about what the world looked like to us in the years before we knew every single thing we came across. Because now it looks three-dimensional to me. Now it looks like there's a bunch of different things popping out, especially if I like look over a horizon. You know, you can probably name and familiarize yourself with I you know, something up to like a mile away. I can be like, Oh yeah, that's definitely a ponderosa pine because of where we are. But like, yep. yeah, what do you what did it look like before that? Do you even remember? Just like a sea of green? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's just like you, I think before, before is the way it is for a lot of people. It's, you have a handful of trees that you know well, like, well, I know mm-hmm. pines, which is just a catch all yeah. for every evergreen tree. Uh, sure. every or conifer, like your backyard basically. tree. I probably know yeah. magnolia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I definitely knew like quaking aspens because those are just such a, an iconic tree around here and they're so unique. Uh, sure. But I would have probably had a difficult time identifying a quaking aspen apart from like a paper birch uh, mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think I, you would note and then you would know like, oh, this is a cherry tree because there are cherries growing on it. But especially here, what what I really realized, especially at, at that at that moment when I'm examining this tree and I realized, boy, I have no idea what kind of tree this is. I, I know my like I know my my pines and probably scrub oak and, and a handful of the native tree and, 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 you know, pines, scrub oak, uh, uh, quaking aspen. These are the, the, the catch all terms of the native trees to my area. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had, I come back down off the mountain and I'm also realizing when I'm, I'm thinking through all this, that especially out here in the arid West, uh, in, in the United States, and I think this is the case for a lot of uh, a lot of places that are ur- highly urbanized, uh, like the Salt Lake Valley is. Um, you spend most of your time around a bunch of non-native trees. Uh, mm-hmm. All the trees in my neighborhood and in the city are trees that were brought in from all over the world. Yeah, and I'm I'm understanding. I don't know a ton about trees in general, but the trees I know the best are are a lot of ones that aren't even native to my backyard. Yeah, and it kind of bummed me out. It just mm-hmm. really made me feel like. Uh, this a little bit of sadness and then a a a a recognition that ah man there would have been a time where i would have just known everything about all these trees up here i would have mm-hmm. just known what they all are and and i'm using the royal eye now not me justin davies but me as a human being living here mm-hmm. uh would have had a much more intimate relationship and knowledge of these trees so so uh, i then the other thing it made me want to do is just learn everything there was to learn about uh, these trees. I wanted, mm-hmm. I just, I sat down and I was like, well, what was this? I got to figure out what this tree was. So I start Googling, uh, which again, no tree background. I don't know the first thing to know about how do I figure out what kind of tree this was. So I'm typing in very basic terms like tree that looks like an African savanna tree in yeah, Utah, that. Wasatch Mountains. <laughs> and eventually, I found it that it was the curl leaf mountain mahogany, uh, and so then I just started reading. You about don't have a tattoo of, of that anywhere on your body, do you? I I do have a tattoo of that on my. You body. have a tattoo of that on your body? Yeah, I do on my on my thigh. On your well muscled thigh? On my once mel- well muscled thigh. <laughs> <laughs> on your is that your uh, now is that the quizzer thigh or is that the progressive leasing thigh on the other leg? <laughs> 
Uh, that's all right. I'm done. Uh, I'll, done. I'll, I'll never tell. Um, <laughs> Whoa, I got to get into this marketing thing. It sounds like a blast. Ooh, <laughs> enable, enable me, sir. Enable me. And then, uh, yes. Yes, but that so it is you I love this kinship that you have with the curly mountain mahogany and um you know you yeah, was, told me so much go on yeah sorry Yeah no sorry it was the activator tree for me and then I've I've talked yeah. to other people about it and I've I've people in the birding community which I'm dangerously close to falling into as well call it their spark Uh-oh. bird that bird mm-hmm. that they see that kind of captures their curiosity and they're like Ooh. oh this is really cool and it brings them into birding um and that spark I, bird Yes, kind of cool, right? Um, that's um that that's fantastic. It's 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 just gateway trug. It's gateway. It, yeah. Did you say gateway tree? Yeah. Okay. We can use. If I that, didn't say that, right? If I didn't if I didn't say that now, I've said it at some point. But it's that's the spark tree, the gateway tree. That's the one that for me made me, especially as I sat down and was reading all about it. That's mm-hmm. not only that I I was kind of thinking through all these things, and then I start reading about this tree, and I was just gobsmacked by how cool it was it was you know they live thousands and thousands of years we don't know how old the oldest curly mountain mahogany tree is because we found some really old ones but everyone's fairly certain that there's much older specimens out there because they grow so remote they grow so slowly that it's uh you know it's not like the the bristlecone pines where we're like here's the four spots where we have a bunch of really ancient bristlecone pines we could do mm-hmm. a bunch of coring it's like boy there could be some giant there could be some ancient ancient curly leaf mountain mahogany tree somewhere in the middle of nowhere nevada uh that's just uh, three thousand years older than the one we know not three thousand years but you get what i'm saying like so we don't you know they 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 grow they grow really really old uh they they there's how well how well adapted they are to the the arid and high alkaline soils that they grow in and then they smell like fresh laundry they, they have such a unique and weird smell, right? Yeah, kind of like fresh me, I was like, you got to be kidding. We were on a hike up, and we can tell the story in a little yeah. while, but we were yeah. on a we were on a voyage to find um, what has been labeled the oldest monoclonal organism on the planet, which, of course, is Methuselah. Everybody knows Methuselah. We'll tell the story in a little while. Um, but Justin was like, do you smell what's going on in the air right now? I was like, oh, yeah, it smells like perfumey, but it smells like clean laundry. Like, I guess I never thought. And he's like, that's curly mountain mahogany. And I was like, Oh shit! That can create this kind of it. It 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 is the smell of that elevation. I smelled it a hundred times, and I yeah. just never put the pieces together before until I went up and smelled a tree. Um, but as you know, smelling a tree is one of the best things about a tree. Oh, it is truly one of the best things yeah. about a tree. I love smelling trees. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, but I cut you off again, as I want to do. Um, no. No. Excellent. Yeah. No. So. So the. Uh, yeah, just to close it out, the the last thing that caught my attention when I was reading about this was all the uses of this tree. Uh, mm. And that was another huge like activator for me, mm-hmm. was reading about uh, the traditional indigenous uses for the tree. Uh, mm-hmm. The wood is so hard and dense. They were used to make hammers and clubs. They were it's used beautiful. to make dice. It's like, uh, yeah, mm. and then I was reading about how it's beautiful so the wood heavy. is. so heavy, yeah, crazy. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's crazy. So you heavy that it sinks a, you in made water. A tree made out of it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh so heavy God. that it sinks in water. Den- do we know the density of it? Yeah, I know the. I know the. <laughs> We're talking past each other. I apologize. That's fine. No, Don't this is great. Look I... it up on the internet. App is not focused. I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> I was trying to look up the Janka hardness score because it has one of the highest Janka. I know. I know. I love scores, it. Which we can get into Janka uh-huh. hardness yeah, later. That's but... the one I use for um, the black ironwood. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes, yes, exactly. And so I'm reading all all this stuff about its yeah. uses of the wood. I'm also reading about like its traditional, like its medicinal uses, the modern uses that that you mm-hmm. know the, it, for smoking meat and all sorts of stuff. But it was that reading about the the color and beauty of the wood. That's when I had this other realization, which was not only do I not know these trees native to my area very well, I also don't know what their what the wood looks like for so many of these trees. I've always liked things that are made out of wood. Like I love like a good wood paneled wall. I just feel so at home when I'm spending time around things made out of wood. But I kind of realized, mm-hmm. oh boy, I, you know, I know, I know probably walnut wood or cherry wood or pine or oak and maple, but that's kind of it. And what mm-hmm. is, what are these trees that I spend all my time around? What do they look like on the inside? And that became kind of a, a mini obsession. I, I was just, I was like, I have to see 
what this mountain mahogany wood looks like. So uh, I go back up on the mountain. I pull down a, a small dead limb. I found like a dead piece of it on the ground, brought it home. I didn't, I didn't even have like a saw to cut into. So I started just hacking away at it with like a hatchet in my garage. And, and it, it just, it's so dense and hard and it is this beautiful color. And then I start looking up, how do I make stuff out of wood? I, I, I bought like a little bit, a cheap bandsaw and I just started cutting planks oh, of wow. mahogany wood. For some I, caught- I didn't realize that your, that your woodworking was intertwined with the first time you got obsessed with a tree as well. It, oh, wow. It was so kind of the, the st- same origin story. It's this, that was the start of it. It was the full start of it was I was, I wanted to know what these trees looked like on the inside. I, I, and the first things I started making, which is these little planks, like I would just, I would get a piece of Aspen wood. Cause I'm like, I love Aspen trees. I don't, I've never seen or held Aspen wood that I'm aware of. So I cut little Aspen planks. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Quake, with, uh, with, with Gamble Oak, like all these trees that I know, I just started cutting into little planks. And eventually I was like, well, I should probably make something out of this wood instead of just these little these little planks of wood. Uh, and, and it was, it was a combo of two things. I, I was thinking about that. And then at the same time I was uh, reading Nick Offerman's book, paddle your own canoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has a whole section in there. I was, he talks a lot about woodworking. He has a whole section in there talking about uh, making, making gifts instead of buying gifts as an act of like anti-consumerism and also just p- making things with your hands. And that really resonated with me. So I thought, okay, I, I want to spend the next at least few months for the, these birthdays I got coming up in my family, uh, making some gifts out of wood just to see how this feels. And I tried carving a spoon and I carved funny little like planters and, and uh, a pen holder and just very simple, basic things out of wood that I've salvaged from my backyard or the, the, uh, the foothills around me. And, and I found that to be, a lot of fun and a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Mm. And that really, that was those two things kind of met at the same point. And that's where I started uh, both being obsessed with trees and wanting to make stuff out of trees. Oh, I love that. I love that. The end is something that I, I quite um, envy in you is your, is your work ethic. um, And the fact that you, have hands-on experience actually like interacting with trees in a way that I don't. Um, I was like, Oh God, maybe if at some point in my life I would have developed some sort of skill, I could <laughs> have some fun doing what Justin's doing instead. Uh, instead I chose to talk into a microphone anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> ah, I love it. I, I had no idea. I had no idea that the two stories uh, came from the same point. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. Like a, a, a lignified strand of DNA incredible wonderful beautiful double helix justin thank you couldn't Um, have said it better myself okay i want you to tell me yeah that's great now i want you to tell me about the experience you had naked on a utah juniper (laughs) i wasn't naked (laughs) i wasn't naked i don't think you were naked so you were naked i'm pretty sure i wasn't you had a um i was barefoot you had a bottle of mead and uh yeah you're barefoot you're naked and you had a bottle of mead. And what were you doing? You were singing old sailor songs um, while asking the Utah Juniper uh, about its feelings. Is that what was happening? I mean, more or less. More or less. Yeah. No, Good. no. Okay, I, cool. Yeah, but, no. I had, so So there. there is there is a story with me getting all hippy-dippy in a Utah Juniper. Uh, I was, I, I mean, again, I was mostly clothed. Uh, and I don't think I had any mead on me, but. I had I had quit my job as you as you uh, as you so eloquently began this uh, podcast with I yeah I you had, got that you got that mead from the uh, from the quizzer holiday party wasn't that true exactly and, <laughs> and then you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. God, no oh God what, what what's wrong what's wrong Tobin talk to me <laughs> just lament I'm lamenting my bits on this podcast I, this is the best bit I can come up with jazzing you about <laughs> your marketing sales history tragic listen listen uh really I'm a I'm a I'm I am I'm on the record as being pro bits so keep them coming okay well I know when we're in person I think we're really good at well when you're on a hike you're very very good at bits because you don't have to like look at each other and say okay now I'm doing the bit again ha ha won't you laugh ha ha ha, ha. um you kind of just you do the bit then it stays behind you on the trail and then you move on to like the next thing that you see or you discuss so bits just fall away naturally and you can come and go they can come and go as you please 
How does this sound? I um, think this back is to, this is back good to po- your nudity. Well, for, first and foremost, how does this sound? I think this is good pod- podcast etiquette. Every time you do a bit for the rest of the podcast, should I break into applause? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, and then I'll have to describe it in a, a visual sense. So, listener, Justin is putting both of his fa- hands together and making a peak uh, on the audio scale right now for me. Um, no, but uh, tell me more. So, tell me more about this uh, this nudity um, on this uh, on this juniper, <laughs> and uh, what it feel like to be naked on a tree. Uh, so help me if my mom listens to this podcast, she's going to be infuriated. I'm going to have to. We explain can cut out whatever mom- you want to cut out. I was no, no, no. We we are cutting nothing out. This is uh, okay. Fine. This is this is live and uncut for the for the people. Um, um, no, no, no. This, so I'm, I'm I'm Jewish. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am a I am a dirty Gentile. Uh, oh, okay. So well, I'm just saying it's not going to be uncut. Keep going. <clears throat> <laughs> now you get it. Now we're here. Hey, hey. Not spruce tips aren't the only tips we're talking about today. Let's keep going. Your nudity, my nudity. What's off the table? Nothing. Welcome to In the Company of Trees. What's on the table? Nothing or something, depending. I don't know. Anyway, uh, oh, God. Ooh, Justin. Okay, so your nudity? So my nudity. So mm-hmm. so uh, I had worked in uh, I'd worked in marketing for like 12 years, right? So mm-hmm. I had this like tree revelation um i think this was probably in like 2015 2016 and so i started just picking up both trees and woodworking as a hobby while i mm-hmm. worked my regular job uh and uh, yeah it's probably 2016 2017 so I, I spent a few years just getting super into this and uh pandemic hits i go through a breakup i find myself with mm-hmm. more time on my hands I'm, I'm up in the mountains a lot more uh and at the same time i'm getting really burnt out at work uh mm-hmm. as i think a lot of people were um my uh, because i was working from home all of a sudden my work day went from you know eight to five six or so to from the time i got up until the time i went to bed and mm-hmm. i had this moment where i realized what am i doing this for i've never really wanted it's not like i spent all of my childhood and college years saying, I really want to work in marketing for my entire life. I grew up wanting to do something. I wanted to write fiction for a living my entire life. Yeah. I wanted to do something more creative. And that, and so I hit this point where I thought, well, what if I, what if I just tried something different? What if I, what if I quit my job tomorrow and lived off of some savings and picked up some freelance work and tried to put all that effort right now I'm spending in a job that feels like it's going nowhere into something that I feel more activated by. So I, I did that in, uh, in the spring of 2021. And, uh, it wasn't like I quit and was like, okay, I'm going to start making TikTok videos. Uh, I just thought I'd quit and I'd do something different, whether that would be start writing fiction again, or, um, open a woodworking business or some make videos. I don't know. I just was going to try something different. And one of the things that I've been doing a lot prior to quitting my job after, like during the pandemic, as I started to get back in the trails again, was I was just making Instagram videos talking about, tree, like get to know a native tree, I called it. It was just Instagram stories for friends and family. Um, and people were really digging it. I had like a lot of my friends and family just constantly asking me, what do you do the next one? I love this. I love learning about these trees. I didn't know any of these facts. Uh, and then I was also constantly making stuff out of wood. And so I, I thought, okay, well, while I figure this out, I'm going to, I'm going to try making some videos. I had a friend also who worked in social media for her career. And she kept saying, make TikToks, make TikToks. You should, you should really try this. I think the stuff that you're doing would work well there. Uh, and I thought, okay, sure. For fun, I'll, I'll make a couple TikTok videos. And all of this time I quit my job and I'm, I'm thinking of pursuing some different things. To get back to your juniper question, I, I thought I, I the nudity. I, yes, I I decided to 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 right after I quit my job when I'm I'm thinking about all this stuff, I, I'm making some of these videos. I'm facing just an an insane amount of self doubt. Like, what do you who do you think you are? And so I mm. I decided to take a break. Take take my dog Miles. We go down to the deserts in central Utah, uh, the San Rafael Swell, a really wonderful part of the state. Uh, and I go down there and just do a little solo camping trip. And I'm 
kind of wandering through the desert uh, on a on a walk, thinking about all the things, just parsing through all this, and I I just come across this really beautiful big old a, a lot of huge old Utah juniper trees, uh, and these are I mean the Utah juniper is is it's a ubiquitous tree here. They're all over the state. That's why they're called oh, yeah. Utah Utah juniper, and it's it's a tree that often. You know, when you're from here, you get used to just seeing them zip by on the freeway. They, you know, the smaller ones, just kind of these scrubby trees. They're not something you really think about. But then when you're down in these red rock deserts, you will get these ones that just grow out of the rock, out of the face of a cliff. They grow into these beautiful, twisting, contorted shapes. Yeah. They they look like they're melting, but that they're fire at the same time. It's, yeah, exactly. Like, yes, it's yeah. such a beautiful way to put it. And thanks. And, and it's. <laughs> It's almost like, hey, you should write a book about trees, Tobin. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> Keep going. Um, thought, about it. thought about it a little too hard, is what I thought about. <laughs> Keep going. So I, so anyway, yeah, I, I find my, I climb up into this tree, and I, I was just sitting there thinking about all this stuff, and I had this moment with this Utah juniper where I felt like I was communing with it. If we're gonna get real hippy dippy here on Maine, mm-hmm. and and. It, I, I had I had this moment where I felt this tree was kind of speaking to me and saying, uh, you're sitting here thinking, worrying so much about what people like, because I was kind of second guessing, should I really put some of my stuff on the internet? Should I make these videos? Should I woodwork online? I don't know. Who mm-hmm. am I to think that I could do this kind of stuff for a living? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I felt genuinely like this magnificent Utah juniper was saying to me, hey, buddy, eat, like, calm down. Like, look at me. Do you not think that I am this beautiful work of art? Wouldn't you say that? Like, wouldn't you say if you were to dig me up and put me, magically transport me from the Utah desert here to a gallery in Manhattan that I wouldn't be like the most exquisite work of art in the in yep. the entire place? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, yes, Mr. Utah Juniper or Mrs. Utah Juniper. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess those, they're, uh, they're dioicus. So it's just, I guess- Whichever they prefer, Mister or Missus. Um, Justin, Utah would you Juniper. would you prefer uh, would you prefer to define? I'd never heard of a dioecus before. I'd only heard dioecious, but uh, oh, dioecious. You're right. I, Is I, it dioecious? I don't care. Literally, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But would you prefer to define that for us? That is uh, the Utah juniper is an example of a tree that has its uh, fruiting its uh, fruiting bodies and its pollinating bodies on the same tree. So uh, it pollinates and it fruits uh, from the same tree. So basically, its its male reproductive parts and its female reproductive parts both grow on the same tree. As opposed to something like holly, where the famous example, yes. right, because it has red red berries, which identify the female and the tree without the berries which identifies the male. Keep going. Yes, yes. Well, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so anyway, I I am I'm up in this tree and and it's just telling it's putting me in my place saying, "Why are you so worried about yeah. uh I'm not sitting it's here a, worried it's about saying you have a great body." Yeah. Mhm. <laughs> it's it's saying I'm not sitting here worried about so, what someone defines me as. I'm just being what I am. And and I was like yeah. it just was kind of a mind-blowing moment for me. Uh and an example of so many of the ways in which I think trees are trees and nature, the things in nature are constantly trying to like grab us by the collar and shake us and be like, we have a lot of lessons here for you humans who are running around stressed because like, I don't know, someone didn't text you back in fast enough or because, uh, I don't know, you stubbed your toe. I don't know. Yeah. Our, our, I would our problems. No, I think that- Continue. Yeah, it's but like slowing down to that point so that you can absorb those experiences is difficult. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's really good after you know an area, after perhaps you've gone with somebody else, after you're familiar with you know the pitfalls of a of a general hiking area to go by yourself, not give yourself a time limit, and don't make it a hike where you have to move from one point mm-hmm. to another point. Don't put a time limit on yourself. Just just meander and just look around and make sure it's a place that doesn't have any cell service. Um, again, make sure that it's <laughs> make sure that there are other hikers in the area and that you've brought enough water. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, making it so that you can slow down, making the circumstances so that 
they that that you can slow down is is just as important um, as trying to find something special in the woods. Couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, again, this was a cool. tree that like this was a tree that wasn't. It's not like this was the endpoint of some hike or a tree that's listed on a map somewhere. It was just a yeah. tree mm-hmm. sitting amongst a bunch of other Utah juniper trees. Yeah. And like, I have, I, I feel like I have so many favorite trees that aren't listed on some website or something like that, that mm-hmm. I just come across. And every time I go back there in order to maybe see something else, I always pass by something. And there's this one tree up at Sequoia national park, which is just like perched upon a mountain. And it, it's like a 75 foot tall Jeffrey pine that grows out of sheer rock. And I've never been able to figure it out, but I've always thought about it as just the ideal form of a tree, like the platonic form of a tree just the tree living its best life. And like, nobody's ever listed this anywhere, but every time I go back on my way up to Muir woods to see all those sequoias, I pass by this Jeffrey pine, which might be more beautiful to me than any of the trees that people list as icons. Um, and those Perfect. are the things that those are kind of like the, the, the like pet landmarks that you build, that you accumulate and just, you know, your um, what's that called? Uh, when people uh, in my Rolodex in my in my naturalistic Rolodex that I can just go back to and um, think about how beautiful they are. Um, okay, let's tell a story about when we uh, when we saw Methuselah. Oh. <clears throat> okay, I'm forward facing now. I'm gonna stop crossing my legs like some sort of continental. And um, okay, so you and I um, chose to meet up. Was this our first time meeting each other? This is our first time meeting each other. Yeah. One of one of two times, I think, right? In person? Yeah. One of two times in person. Yes. Okay. So you and I chose to chose to meet up. Um and I said, Meet me at the bristle cones at at dawn or something like that. Um so we drove up, you from Salt Lake City and I from Los Angeles, and we drove up to the White Mountains to the Bristlecone National Forest. Um and I had an old picture of Methuselah. And what what we eventually settled on was that we would use a we would try to triangulate its position like some sort of like tree. I don't know. We're just freaks, whatever. Um, We would try to triangulate the position of this tree by this this. um, um, What's it called when a tree's when it's a dead tree snag Um, by the snag in the background of a tree. I mean, in the background of the tree, in the background of the picture of Methuselah. Um, Because if you're up there, every tree kind of ends up looking the same after a while. Um, And we're climbing, climbing, climbing all around. And um, we get to the top of this hill. And we finally find it. And we climb down. And the most amazing thing about Methuselah is, like, Methuselah is not the most remarkable-looking tree at all up there. She's, like, far from it. What were your initial press impressions of Methuselah? Blend, I mean, how many times do you how many times do you estimate we walked past it before realizing it was it? Four or five. It took us what? Our actual search probably about an hour and a half, something like that. We, I mean, we fully went past it by by like a couple miles. Like we went mm-hmm. all the way around the bend yeah. of the mountain, and then we That's like, right. and then we turned around and came back, and we we passed by easily dozens of trees that would be the ones that you'd post like a photo of your Instagram on your Instagram and be like, look how cool the place I am now. And Methuselah Mm -hmm. would not, I mean, it just blends right into the, to the, to the side of the the trail there. Uh, It's that's one of my favorite, one of my many favorite things about that entire experience for sure was, was us kind of laughing at like, Oh, Oh, it's this, it's this. We walked past so many times. We were, we were like, Holy we were shit. thinking, do we have to get do we have to get way off trail? And it was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. The special things are so mundane sometimes. Like, yeah, I was watching um, I was watching Get Back, the Peter Jackson Beatles documentary, the other night with my mom, and we were just so enraptured by like what sandwiches they were eating. Um, we we're like, what is that? Like, what was Paul? What was Paul snacking on while he was like, just just improvising the the chords to let it back? Is that is that? cornish is that cornish beef um and yeah but all of this is to say that methuselah isn't especially isn't especially noteworthy it's it's so it's so kind of invigorating to think about because it makes you think that you could be passing a hundred special things a day and not even know about them so the world i think because she is so so average and so boring um is 
sorry, somebody just sent me a text and I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> complete it, Justin. Complete it. What's my train of thought? Your train of thought. Yeah, I mean that. That's it. That that was the thing we spent the next like hour just geeking out over was the joy of. Yeah, uh, again, just that lesson that once again, Methuselah, this thing that we set. So, I mean, this goes all the way back to the 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 um, the sycamore gap tree we were talking about earlier. Like this tree that we set a lot of value and importance to uh, for a lot of reasons that I think are valid. Uh, also, is not it, it's it's no different than the trees surrounding it. Like it's it, it both is and isn't. It, it both is different in that it's older, and we know that it's older, and that it's that that makes it special to us. But also, it looks not that special or unique or interesting. When you Google Methuselah, the images that come up are these really striking, amazing trees, and those are not. They Methuselah. are, yeah. It's almost um, always this dead tree called the, um, I think, the dead century, the tw- the yeah. twisting one, which clearly doesn't have any foliage in- on it. That's yeah. like twisting into the moon, and it's like, no, that's that's not it. it it's not even close to that yep. cool. And then the other, the other, the other thing I enjoy about Methuselah is like it's also. Uh, we just we're just pretty we just know that that's the oldest one we found so far. There's probably some other tree that right. looks even less remarkable somewhere out in that forest that's even older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's it's so fun. It's also like the other thing that struck me about Methuselah is there was it was public knowledge where for anybody wondering, no, we're not going to tell you where it is or how to find it. <clears throat> but at the same time, um, the the tree used to be public knowledge in terms of where it was. Uh, located and you could like go find it um just an average tourist could walk up there and they were like i believe like it was marked um now mm-hmm. it is not marked and um but for many 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 years this tree that edward shulman um measured in what 1955 1956 as being 4854 years old or that's how old it would be now um was essentially open to the public and this tree did not you know there's this there's this special um pokey part of this tree that sticks out which is known as great grandfather which is a part that his um increment bore went right through in order to find the oldest center point of the tree um and like it hasn't been broken off um, so in some ways, like passing by that tree, I was like, wow, a lot of people passed by this tree and knew exactly what it is. And it doesn't really look like they fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. And like, good, good for them. Um, I'm glad nobody really knows how to find it now. unless you've like spent your life trying to, you know, get near old trees like us and you spend way too much time doing it. In that case, you're probably not going to screw with it anyway. Um, but at the same time, it kind of, it made me feel kind of optimistic for some old yeah. trees chances. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's similar. Similarly, what I thought was interesting is just how many people, if you go up to Methuselah Grove and go on that hike, you will see Methuselah without realizing it. That's the other thing mm-hmm. that is, I think yeah. is so, so fascinating. Interesting is people it's, it's seen by everyone who goes up there uh, without them yeah. knowing. And so I think that adds to the specialness of it is, is, uh, you don't need to know which one is it because you're you're surrounded by count you're surrounded by thousands and thousands of these amazing old trees and so they kind of in a way all get to be Methuselah. Yeah. Um and I I mean I would say that like if anybody's going up there, do risk the flat tire and the extra ten mile drive to get up to the Patriarch Grove at the top because it is an alien landscape that is that's that's where I think I cried. Did you cry? I we both cried. Yeah, we both cried. It was great. It's, it's, it's that's that's the one where like that's... the trees are seventy five feet apart and they look like they're from a not even a biblical era, an, another epoch of um, human civilization uh, from another planet. Yeah. Really, like from another you planet. feel yeah. like you feel like you have you feel like you're on another world when you're up there. Uh, that, that's the that's when I think of. I mean, it was cool meeting Methuselah, but that's the that's the moment of the trip where that that I return to. Uh, constantly being like man i gotta i gotta get back out there as soon as possible um i'm kind of mad i'm kind of mad at myself that i haven't made it back out there this year oh man so freaking cool um 
Yeah. Um, well, I think that's, look, I look forward to many, many more, um, excellent sojourns with you. Uh, perhaps we should go somewhere where both of us haven't been, uh, for the next one. Maybe, um, Ooh, I have no oh, idea, but that's a great, I mean, cool. somewhere cool. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one of the places I'm going to next. Not that this is mm-hmm. the one you have to go to, cause I think it'd be quite a haul for you. Uh, but of course you're always welcome. I just need to start letting you know, anytime I go to look at some trees. Um, oh, I won't be able uh, to go. I can't do anything now, but, yeah, um, exactly. you, know, I, have you have a, you I, have, I literally can't do anything. Ha- yeah, exactly. You can't go, but I will send I you lots anything. of pictures. Um, no, I, I'll uh, be angry with you. Keep going. <laughs> Up next, one of the places I'm going to that I'm really excited for uh, is uh, I just I just got my truck back from the shop, uh, which has hey. been there for. I know that's been a. I know you you have a very close relationship with your truck, and you and it were having some relationship problems this past summer. So this is great news. Well, for the past like three years, so three and a half years. So well, uh, okay. it's it's yes, it is. It, I've got it back, and so I'm excited to take it out on a, on some some tree themed adventures. Cool. And one of the next one. Of the, it's been over about a year now since I've seen some good bristlecone pines. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to head out to Notch Peak, which is cool. uh, out here in the West Desert of Utah. Uh, it is the second highest uh, a freestanding cliff face in uh, in North America after uh, El Capitan, and the highest non the highest non igneous cliff face. That's um, so funny. I was I was thinking about what the highest yeah. non igneous cliff face was this morning. Notch Peak. Uh, I, I wasn't. Now you know. No, but it's not. Now you know. Okay, cool. Great. And there's, uh, so it's, it's really cool. It's out in the middle of nowhere there in the, the West deserts of Utah. And, uh, a lot of ancient bristlecone pines growing up on that, up on that mountainside and, uh, going to hope to also pop into great basin national park if I can find the time, uh, which is home to many other like really stunning, uh, bristlecones down there. So, Oh yeah. uh, And those are, um, those are the other species, right? Those are pinus, Aristata, right? Rocky Mountain bristle cones. I think I think they're they're Great Basin bristle cones. Is that does that cool. sound right? I don't know. I think I've never been there. Sounds either pretty. Rocky Mountain. You're right. They're uh, it's either Rocky Rocky Mountain or Great Basin bristle cone. This is okay, this is send where me the pictures. Send me the pictures. I want them. Yeah. Okay. Them okay. Okay. Done. Uh, Consider it done. Me. Justin, there was there's so much that we didn't get to. Um, uh, we really just did not hear how you found all your clothes after you got back down off of that Utah juniper. Um, <laughs> and like I, I wanted, I had a, I had a seven and a half page document. That's just bullet points asking you about your time in marketing. I can't believe we only got to about a third of that. Um, but you are my, you're my close friend. It's so good spending a little bit of time with you today. Um, and I love that whenever we hang out, trees really, trees really facilitate our conversation with each other. And I feel like we've gotten to know each other so well, despite only having spent like a couple of afternoons in person with each other, which is so cool. Um, and, uh, I think they can, they can do that for other people too. Um, even you don't have to don't, you don't have to know stuff about trees in order for that to happen. You just have to be with somebody in the woods, um, where both of you know an equal amount, because as we said, you know, when one person knows everything and another person doesn't know anything, that's no good. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, and I, exactly. And I think, I think, you know, as kind of a closing thought on that note, I'll have a lot of people say like, Oh, how did you learn all this stuff? Uh, you know, I find trees interesting. Did you study this? And and I think that truly it's, this is not something where you like need to have an encyclopedic knowledge or like go spend a bunch of time in a lab. Just, Go outside and look at trees a little bit more closely and ask questions of yourself. Like start asking, oh, why does this look different than from this? Why is this leaf on this tree different from this one? And it's just that basic. Like, you know, I, that will, that is the, that's about as much, I don't know, that's as deep as you ever need to go if you really want to. You don't need to have, it's not like I have this big encyclopedic knowledge uh of of trees as you've heard i'm out here mispronouncing stuff and not remembering which species of bristlecone pine there is but uh th- that's always what i tell people is just Woe get out there and us. get out there and take a closer yes. look and, until you and, find uh, yeah until you find your gateway tree exactly um, or as i'm uh fond- fondly calling it your mdma tree these days oh. uh could be anything your molly tree yeah um we need to come up with a better name i like gateway tree though um i'm sure i think i've heard you say that before as well Okay. M- M- um, MDMA tree is not going to stick, you don't think? 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's a little bit wordy. Um, and also okay. it might alienate uh, 91% of my audience if I haven't done that already, <laughs> this podcast. It, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, Justin, uh, it was so great to talk with you today. Thank you so, so much for coming by uh, into my computer and into yeah, my Thank you for having house, me. Yeah, For sure. Um, and we will talk again soon. Can't wait.